Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Earrings Off. We want to invite you to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. You can find us on Facebook at Earrings Off Podcast and on Instagram at The Earrings Off Podcast. Welcome to Earrings Off. I'm Lou. And I'm Teresa. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. And today with us, we have Jasmine Turner, who is an Emmy award-winning reporter and weekend anchor for NBC 12. And she's also the co-founder of Her Creative. Jasmine, welcome. Thank you all for having me. Yeah, thank you. I've had the opportunity to read your bio, but I'm going to let you tell us how in the world have you accomplished so much at such a young age? (laughs) Oh boy. Wow. What a question. I really have to first, just who I am, give glory to God because I would not be here without him. Um, And I also really credit an amazing village of people yeah. in my life. I think that that has what that is what has kept me going. That is what has kept me having amazing opportunities from people who have said, "You can do it. Go mm-hmm. for it. You've got this. We're behind you. If you fall, we'll catch you. If you fall and bruise yourself a little bit, you've learned some good lessons as well. But we'll be there to." to help you process that as well. So I would say, um, I just thank God and an amazing village for helping me get to where I am today. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you're right. You can never, um, overstate the importance of the village. So that's, um, that's very good. So Jasmine, tell us about the work you do at her creative space. How'd you get started? So I, it really started with some, awesome friendships. I think the one thing I've started to really learn in life is that connections are so key in life, connecting with people. It's what I do professionally, but I've always really just loved to connect with people. And I love people's stories and learning about them and learning who they are. Um, And so it really started with meeting a friend actually on an assignment. Mm -hmm. And we started to talk more and got our families together and she is an accountant friends before that assignment so you weren't yes so so we were friends before we were not friends before the the news assignment we met yes we met uh, i was working on a news assignment and so as we got to know each other more and about our interests then um at that point, she was telling me about her job with an, with accounting by day, but she also had her own natural beauty product line and a jewelry line, and she's extremely creative and entrepreneurial. And then we started talking about her hairstylist, who is a natural hairstylist, who's really innovative and built a business from the ground up, a very successful one, might I add you. And so as my friend Jessica, the accountant and natural beauty guru, if you will, started to get to know each other more, we talked about the need for a space for female entrepreneurs of all backgrounds to be able to share their stories. Again, going back to that 
a passion of mine of connecting people. I don't have a business, but I've met so many business owners in my time as a journalist in Richmond and just in life. And I realized there needed to be, and we both did, a space where people could just share their stories because you don't know whose story could help you get to where you want to be. Right. Yeah. And so that's kind of where it blossomed. So Jessica, the, the beauty maven, introduced me to her hairstylist, Haley, who again has an amazing network because she's so great at what she does and has built clients who are truly loyal and also supportive of her. And from there, we decided, okay, we can't go too big because we all have a lot going on in our respective spaces. Right. So let's figure out a way to do this. So we figured four events per year. And as you can imagine, coronavirus has really changed the way that we wanted to do this. But now we're moving into a virtual space because you can still share stories even if you can't, as we're doing right now, even if you can't be in the same physical space. So we had our first event in December at Barry Ashley and Short Pump. It was amazing. We held a panel. Uh, and it was entitled, What's Stopping You? And we had a panel of women talking about how to keep going despite whatever comes your way and how these women have built these incredible brands. And it was just a moment for people to pass business cards, to go in the corner and have a private conversation, to hear a public conversation and it was just so breathtaking to watch the start of what we really hope will be a beautiful and open place for people to feel one safe but two to feel that that they are empowered to keep going no matter what happens right. to them so again we're moving into the virtual setting now we've got uh, some things in the works we're meeting in a couple of days or a week or so so be on the lookout of how we're going to transition to to remain, um, I guess you could say relevant, but to remain helpful during all of this. Wow. And so now, Jasmine, so when you planned that event, I'm sure after you and your partners, you debriefed or talked about, you know, what occurred. What was particularly gratifying that you saw from that event in December? I think what was most gratifying was just watching you know people they walk in at first maybe they came with a friend maybe they came by themselves and they kind of stayed uh, to themselves they kind of walked around the boutique maybe yeah. were quiet that would be me jasmine if that, <laughs> yeah. that would be me okay <laughs> you know they tried the wine they had two crazy wine um if you all have not heard of it an amazing uh, Black-owned business really? out of Richmond. Okay. Gwen is the owner. Um, she has an amazing, I mean, her story is amazing. She donated the wine and then surprised us and came and spoke on her panel. It was just and what's so... And that again? Shoe Crazy oh. Wine. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so it was, it was so great. And so, and obviously the boutique owner spoke. We had Regina Holden, who's the owner of Tiny Textures, which is a children's natural hair salon that started as a um, right. kind of a house call concierge service, and now it's grown. I love the name. Yeah. Yes, Tiny yeah. Textures. We yeah. Send, um, my bonus daughter goes there and gets her hair done, and it, it is, I say that it is every little girl's dream to have a salon that's just for them. 
Well, yeah. not for the grown-ups. It's yeah. just for them. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Regina talked about that. And then obviously my business partners talked about their businesses and I moderated. Yeah. But yeah, so what was the most gratifying part of all of it? Going back to your question, I would say the most gratifying part was watching once that big panel happened, watching people come together at the end and just connect. I mean, it was like as soon as those stories were told and people got real (laughs) uh, and they really just opened up, they were transparent and they spoke truly from their heart and soul to watch people feel comfortable walking up to them, walking up to each other, passing cards. It was, okay, so when can we have the next one? That was like our immediate thought at that point. You know, we need to do more of these. And so uh, we had one planned for May with Reba Hollingsworth from Channel 6, actually. But then we had to, we had to cancel it. Okay. So how, how did women find out about your event in December? How do you advertise? So I really have to give a lot of credit to my business partners. They are incredible connectors and we truly, and this is being completely honest, we did not spend a dollar advertising. We did everything through word of mouth as well as social media. I mean, we're brand new at this. We all have our own, like I keep saying, our own things going on. So let's be totally honest here. There was not money to just start spending to, to get people to come. So it, it just came from truly posting as much as we could, sending Facebook invitations. I mean, we did not have the amount of people that registered show up. I'll say that. But that's okay, right? It's your first event. We can't be super disappointed by that. But the turnout that we did have, I believe it was about 40 people. Ooh, and that was... Thank you. (laughs) And that's from not spending anything on advertisement. So we just felt really blessed. Because if you're able to reach just one person, you've done your job. But to have, you know, close to 40 people in and out throughout the day, hey, we'll take it. Yeah. Jasmine, tell us, what's it like being a news anchor in your hometown? How great is that? Tell us about that. (laughs) Do people recognize you or does it make it more difficult or is that easier? Tell us how that feels. I will say that it is a very full circle and very fulfilling experience. I posted probably about a year ago or so. I mean, this is just small and kind of silly, but there's a wall at our station where the headshots of our anchors are printed out or blown up, if you will. Mm-hmm. And when I found out that I was going on the wall, if you will, uh, I walked in that hallway and saw the picture, but it wasn't the picture that I was like, oh my goodness about. It was the fact that I thought about who walked before me. Yeah. One, of, one of those people was still walking in the hall at the time or had just retired from walking the hall. My, I'm getting my timing mixed up, but either way to know that at some point in my career as an anchor reporter at NBC 12, I got to work with one of the people who showed me that it was possible, which is Sabrina Squire. Yeah. Which yeah. Just 
I mean, I can't even describe how that feels. So I guess you could say it's less about me and how I feel about my own career and just the fact that they're Diane and Sabrina's representation mattered and, and still matters. And it had such an impact on my life. And to kind of know that in some way, hopefully, I'm doing that for someone else. You know, they're both hometown girls and so am I. It just, it just felt so, it feels so good. And, it, and it's, it's a sense of a great responsibility more than anything else yeah. to, to be a good example, to represent, to make my family proud because they've invested a lot in me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I guess that's the best way to describe it. It is just a fulfilling, but responsibility driving feeling. Yeah. If, if nice. that makes sense. Yeah. 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 I, I, I totally uh, get that. And you um, answered that well. Yesterday, of course, I, last week when they, when, well, a few weeks ago, when I learned that Joy Reid was going to be the anchor on MSNBC, I started looking, you know, for her at night and people were saying, no, Lou, calm down. It's not yet. Not yet. <laughs> so last, yesterday, I timed everything to make sure I was in place. To, uh, right. to catch that. So yeah, I'm, I'm, you're right. It's such a, it's an important role. And um, mm -hmm. it does give people encouragement and let others know, you know, this is possible. So yeah. yeah. Always good to see someone who looks like you doing what it is that you do. And doing Absolutely. it well. Yeah. And doing it well. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 We see and notice that you're um, wearing your natural hair on TV. So how is that? And tell us about your natural hair journey and, and how well accepted it's been um, at your station. I'll just say it this way. It is a journey. <laughs> it is a journey. I would say that, and, and she will probably laugh if I have her listen to this, but Carla read it. I couldn't have done it without yeah. Carla read it. Yeah. And oh, yeah. I will never stop saying that. I say it all the time every time I post about it. I, I try in some way to mention Carla, um, but one, I will say that wearing my natural hair on air has been a journey, but a liberating experience because yeah. to begin 2020, I, before every, the beginning of every year, I write down just words and goals and, and the way that I hope to live my life in the year to come. And the one word that kept coming up for me for 2020 was authenticity. And I didn't really know what that meant per se, but I just knew that authenticity and living my truth as best I could needed to happen. Had no idea that approximately two weeks later, I would go to my hairdresser, my hairstylist, and say, I cannot wear this wig anymore. <laughs> I mean, that was, that was what it was. At the time, I had some time off for Christmas and I had gotten my natural hair straightened. So I had been wearing weaves and wigs for about five years. Mm -hmm. And I started wearing sew-ins because in college I was breaking my hair up. I was just not doing what I needed to do. And a friend of mine who'd been doing my hair noticed the breakage and suggested, you know, I know you're trying to go to broadcasting, you want to be on television. I think that what's best for you is to go the protective styling route. So just give your hair a break. 
So I got hooked, I'll be honest. And it was easy and I did that for a long time. And then in 2016, that's when I transitioned to full wigs. And then as time went on, I started to notice my 4B hair was growing so rapidly because mm. I was not yeah. manipulating it. I was not damaging it. I was doing my conditioning and shampooing and then getting braids yeah. because it was under a wig. Right. And then so fast forward to December 2019, I had my hair straight. It had It's the longest it's ever been in my entire life. Wow. And I just felt so free. I felt <laughs> so free. I mean, to run my hands through my skin. I was just, and you know, you all, as, as black women, you know that experience to yeah. just, it's, it's you, it's you. And so I went to her and I said, so what can we do? It's cold. So I know that my hair will cooperate in the winter. <laughs> and so my stylist said, let's try a twist out. And we did, and I had some flat twists in for about two and a half days. And when I took those twists out, my, the butterflies started. But again, I was wearing a natural style on air already uh -huh. um, because I got to the point where I started to say, okay, well, I want hair that looks more like how mine could come out of my head. Yeah. And I will say, wearing the twist outs and, and wearing my natural 4B hair has been so welcomed, not just by my colleagues, but viewers and, you know, my stylist is, will text me and say, I've had a couple of people say that they want me to do their hair like I've done <laughs> yours and which is awesome because, you know, with natural hair, I had some, I have had in the last six months, some bad hair days, okay? I'll say it. I'll go on the record and say it. <laughs> but I think that hopefully people recognize that I'm just human and my hair is going to do what my hair wants to do. Yeah. Um, I have a protective style right now, crochet. Mm -hmm. And obviously because it's so hot, it was the best idea for what's you know going on right now with the, the weather. But just the opportunity to be able to just be free in that sense yeah. in a career where for so long you were told you had to have a short yeah. straight bob if you will to see where i was five years ago i would have i wouldn't have dared i wouldn't have asked i wouldn't have thought about it i wouldn't have dared yeah. but now it just i really really hope that it was so many women wearing their natural hair, their protective styles, and just really getting a choice to be what is their most authentic self. That's right. I, I hope that it just continues for generations that the people you see providing you news in your community really do look like you. Yeah. They're not Barbie dolls. Mm -hmm. They're just like you. Yeah. That That's encouraging. And uh, I mean, Teresa and I have also had that journey. So yeah, yeah you, you get to the point where it's like, you know what? No, this is what's gonna work for me. Um, yeah. For me, it was, um, I was doing Bikram yoga, which is the hot yoga. And I do it at six in the morning and then, you know, shower and try to get to work. And I tell you, I would blow my hair dry, but it was still wet and it was sizzling. And I was yes. <laughs> you know you can't do this. If you're exactly. going to do this exercise, that's not gonna work for you. It just did not 
work. It just added yes. more time that I didn't have because I needed to get to work. And so exactly. um, the natural works better for me in my lifestyle. It just mm -hmm. really does. So. Yes. But, um, you know, tell us about your fitness journey. You know, Teresa and I talk a lot on this podcast about health and wellness that's Teresa's passion and about exercise so i understand you recently became a fitness cycling instructor what, what, what's that about doing <laughs> all of this stuff yeah you know some people ask do i find time to sleep and the answer is yes i've always prioritized sleep you can ask my mother since i was a small child <laughs> um but i my husband actually reminded me of this last night and he said, you know, it's been about a year since you just woke up one day and decided to, I wouldn't even say change my life per se. So my background, I was a competitive runner in high school. Okay. So okay. I was a dancer for a really long time. And then I got to a high school that required sports two seasons. Yeah. And all I knew was dance. And so it's may seem silly but I went to my parents and said I mean I don't play tennis I don't play soccer I mean what am I supposed to do so we figured maybe you'd be good at track so try cross country that makes sense right I mean not really but why not so 14 years old freshman in high school I do JV cross country my first run ever was truly terrible and it was it was just awful i'm surprised that i stuck with it but i ended up being a three-season runner i actually almost went to college to run um, at a division three school i ended up not going um but i just loved running and strength and conditioning and then i got to college and i didn't have coaches i didn't have friends that were running with me and i just allowed myself because it was a choice to just not focus on that part of my life and then i started working and then i always use my schedule my life being too busy as an excuse and then i really woke up one day last summer and i'm i mean i feel like this is a podcast where i can keep it real um my so i have a blended family i have a bonus daughter who is almost eight last summer she was um six going on seven and she was doing camp at the YMCA near our house. And part of that is for members, you have um, a discount on the, the camp fee that you pay. And I said, well, we, we signed up for this membership. Our daughter is in camp. We have this gym that I mean, you guys, I can literally walk to this YMCA. There's no excuse for me to not get myself together. So I actually started doing a cycling class at the Y. Yeah. It was again first experience, rough. Yeah. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I'm if anyone when I walk by the cycling class. <laughs> right. And if anybody knows indoor cycling, your first experience can either be adrenaline inducing or you may not ever go yeah. back to getting on a bike again. Um, but for me, I guess the running kind of put this bug in me of if at first you don't succeed, <laughs> get back on the bike again. And so after that, I started, you know, just taking classes here and there. I would take some yoga and this and that. And then I realized I have this small person in my life and I want to model good habits and behaviors. It's not about the aesthetics at all for me. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I'm a very naturally thin person, so I don't know how much gains and muscles I can really get, but I think that it's so mental. And I realized that with running, that you kind of take care of your mind. And when you're working out, you're taking care of your mind. Mental health is so important to me and mental health matters so much. And so for me, getting into fitness really was a way to, to take care of my mind and soul as well. So with the cycling, I found an awesome studio in Short Pump thanks to a friend named Grace who I've known for years and years. She was an instructor there and it's rhythmic. So, you know, you get into the beat and it really kind of feels like you're dancing a little bit, but you're working really hard and uh, we introduce weights. So it's a total body experience. And then after going for a while, the owner, I thought she was joking, but said, you know, I need instructors. You, you seem to be good at this and like it. Do you want to a, try a training? And my husband thought I was crazy. And he goes, okay, we'll see how this goes. You already have a lot going on. We'll see how long this lasts. Well, it's been almost a year. <laughs> and I teach um, now three days a week. Again, we've gone to the virtual space, but it is truly, it has truly become a place for me to forget about everything else and to mm-hmm. focus on my mind, body, and soul 100%. Right. And, and impacting connection is a part of the job as well because when people comment on our Facebook group saying, you know, thank you so much, I pushed myself, I this, I that, I get such great reward. Not that, you know, I look cool on the bike in my color-coordinated outfit, but that somebody else can walk away and feel a little tougher um, and feel um, a little or feel better about themselves or maybe they're tired, but they know that it's going to pay off in the long run. So I just, you know, tomorrow I'm teaching at six in the morning, Friday I teach at 12 and try to work with my schedule so that it's not overwhelming with what I have going on. But if, if in many ways I tell people that for me being a cycling instructor has been a release. You know what? I mean, that, um, Jasmine, that's, that's impressive. And kudos to you for that. Thank you. (laughs) You talked about being a role model for your um, stepdaughter. That's important. And I think I shared with Teresa, um, my son now is an adult with his own family. And when we go visit, I, my husband and I sort of watch and look out and when he picks up, when he's worked all day and comes and gets his gym bag and he's off to the gym, we're like, keep on him that, you know? And we made, we tried to role model how important that was to go to the gym and to make sure you work out. And um, so, so that, that's, um, she, that will stay with her, what she's saying. So that's, um, that's pretty good stuff. And, and we do that in our community. We really do for us to not only role model the exercise, but you know, the health and nutrition in the home, the big thing yes. Teresa talks about, that is just essential. And you'd be surprised when the, the kids are in the home and they're looking at, you may think they're not absorbing it, but just as they're absorbing all the other stuff, they're looking at your habits and your choices and what you're prioritizing. So, oh, absolutely. Um, kudos to you for that. Absolutely. Yeah, I was happy to hear you say how it was a release for your for you mentally, physically, and you 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 included your mind and your soul. 
that that's really good to know because some people think exercise is just for the weight, right. but right. Much more than that. And it, and it does so much more for us and mental health that is, is um, very important, especially in these days with so much going on. It's so important that we do things to help us, help us out there. I want to talk a bit about the soul aspect of it. We learned that you grew up singing in the church choir. Yes. <laughs> Are you still singing? So I am not. And I really, 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 again, had this thought. It's so funny how everything, all these conversations that we're having today, my husband and I were talking about all this last night, not in preparation, but just organically this stuff came up um, because a friend sent an old video of me singing in college and my husband jokingly, but I'm pretty sure he's serious. His birthday is Friday. And he goes, could you just sing? You don't really sing anymore other than, you know, along to songs and things like that. But you've now reminded me I really need to get back into it. I have an incredibly talented family who actually has a gospel quartet called Servants of Praise. They have a Facebook page, so I'm going to do a shameless plug. You give them a like. Um, for Servants of Praise. Uh, they all sang in the church choir together and have known each other since they were children. It's my mom, her sister, so my aunt, my godmother, and then, you know, we all have aunties in our village, so another one of my aunts. And so and, have you grew up singing with them? I mean, so, all of that? Yes, I would say exposed to all of that. I, I sang my first solo in church on Mother's Day. I think I was six years old. There's a tape of it somewhere. Um, but it was actually a solo slash duet with my mom. So the last time I actually sang in church was two Mother's Days ago. We sang together. We did a, a duet together. And, you know, I always joke, I get nervous singing with my mom, but she's such a powerhouse. I'm like, I can't, I can't keep up. But I, I learned from, from people who truly sing with heart and soul and they are doing it to glorify God and, and to be a gift to other people more so to show that they can blow, but they can blow. Um, so <laughs> Yeah, I just grew up with great examples. And then I sang in some uh, community choir as a kid and then sang in the gospel choir in college and then dabbled with um, some local, I guess you could say, praise teams in the community. And then when I first got out of school and was working professionally, I was living in North Carolina and I sang on a, a young adult praise team at a church I had joined. And so then what, surprisingly, I came back to Richmond and haven't really been singing except for every now and then. But if you have the gift, you got to use it. So I, I need to get myself together. <laughs> well, I tell you, you certainly have a lot of interest and <laughs> gifts. And so that's a, that's a good thing. And that is so enlightening. I mean, that's just encouraging. To, to see and to hear your story. Jasmine, those are really all the questions that we have for you. We certainly appreciate you coming in. If you've got any parting words for our listeners, anything that you want to share, we are open to hearing that. We're excited about what you're doing at Her Creative Space. And uh, it's, certainly, it's certainly needed. Before we started this um, interview with you, Teresa and I were talking about how it's just hard to 
get the message out. And we're, we're, we too are doing this, you, just as you started with her creative space, you're a journalist, but that wasn't your area, you know, trying to help business owners. This is something new for us, podcasting and being a blogger, this is all new. And so this is encouraging and encourages us to keep moving forward. And I'm, I love to, to connect with people and see spaces like this and the opportunity to share stories is so important because you never know whose life you could impact or who you could inspire to go after that thing. You don't know what that thing might be. Right. So I think it's so great to continue to share these stories, continue to, to represent yourself. I'm just grateful for this opportunity, right? A connection is what brought us together yeah. in right. the first place. So you never know where it could go. But when it comes to, to parting words, someone said this to me in an email recently, and it was simple. They said, live your truth. No matter what that might be, I just encourage people to continue to seek your truth, to speak it, to live it. Maybe I'm old school, but put kindness at the forefront of everything. That's just... Yeah. That's just how I try to live my life is, is through showing kindness and grace. Um, But don't let people walk all over you. (laughs) None of that, but, but to to live, live your truth and and to, to strive every single day to, to be the best you can be for yourself and, and the people around you. But w- when you are truly taking care of yourself and living authentically, it just has this trickling down effect. Yeah. So maybe that's a word to myself, a reminder. <laughs> um, but I hope that it, it resonates with, with others as well. Well, and you, those are certainly, um, that's an, those are important um, points to make at the end. I think you need more kindness and grace, mm-hmm. particularly right now with everything the nation's going through. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but you're right. But it also, you temper that with making sure that you're not taken advantage of and that people don't see you as a doormat. So mm-hmm. that's always um, something we need to be reminded of, particularly sometimes as women. So, yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. So again, thank you so very much for taking time out of your busy schedule to meet with us. We wish you all the best uh, with with all your endeavors. Thank you all so much. I really appreciate this. And I wish you the best. Well, thank you. And enjoy the rest of this beautiful day. Thank you. (laughs) You too. Thank you all so much.